I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. There was one rookie in the WNBA Finals. There's one rookie who won a ring this year, and we are honored to welcome to the show that rookie, Dana Evans. like our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com and remember download the episode it makes our stats look better and allows us to continue doing this important work if you want to sponsor an episode of the windsider show email us info at windsider.com the champ is here dana evans is in the house I got to ask, how are you doing and have you had a chance to soak it all in? I'm doing good and I have had a chance to soak it in. It's been a little over a week now, so um, I'm still like on a high, but I'm able to really just relax now. That That's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy to hear it. And so for our listeners, if you've been living under a rock and you aren't aware of this, uh, <laughs> Dana, you got some hardware, right? And you have an amazing story. ACC freshman team, ACC six woman, ACC player of the year two times. Drafted 13th by Dallas and traded over to Chicago midseason. Um, and honestly, maybe the coolest part that I don't think was getting enough attention. I looked at Google Maps and you won a ring about a 45 minute drive from your hometown. So I have to put you on the hot seat and start off with the, probably the toughest question. Growing up, were you a Sky fan or a Fever fan? Because I feel like you were right in that area that you could be pulled either way. Oh, man, that is a tough one. Um, I went to more Sky games, I would say. So I would say that counts. But I loved watching Tamika Ketchins as well. The, the GOAT. Well, well, and she played for probably one of the most elite AAU programs in the state of Indiana. And I know that because Dana, I did try to recruit you once upon a time that did not go well. As we jump into your career. I, she, oh my gosh. Dana was like the one you went to watch her. She was playing at every top circuit with at like the top team, indie gym rats. Like everybody was there. I just, I've, have, I've loved watching you play Dana for so long, but I do want to kind of talk about your story a little bit. We'll get into kind of your career at Louisville, but why don't we take it back to the very beginning, your days up in Gary, Indiana? Like, like, how did you fall in love with this game, and how did that whole – how did this whole thing start for you? Well, thank you first. And I would say it started from just being around the game for so many years and just watching my, my brothers play, my dad play. Uh, my mom played as well, but I, I watched – I was able to watch my dad play. I, was, I would go to the games, and I was, I was young, and he would be like – you know, you literally just sit and watch the whole game. Like, even at your brother's game, you know how kids usually run around and play with things. Right. But like, no, I, like, sat and watched the game. Um, so <clears throat> that's something that stood out and, you know, followed with him. And then I tried out for a team for the Banneker Bobcats. Um, I was a fourth grader. Yep, that was my first time ever even picking up a basketball. I went to try out. I seen it on the door, and I just went for it. And I told my dad that I made the team, and he honestly didn't even believe me. 
um, because he's like, you never even like practice nothing. So um, fast forward, now I'm in this position that I am today just off of, you know, hard work, dedication, and just uh, keeping God first. Oh, I love that. That makes me so happy to hear that. And, and you go on to play at Louisville. And we were just talking about Louisville before. I have followed um, Louisville women's basketball for, for many, many years. Jeff Wallace is a really good friend of my former college coach um, and mentor. So I'm super close with the Louisville program. And my God, like, obviously, I, I want to ask you, what made you even want to go there? Because you were so highly recruited. Um, but then we'll talk about just kind of your your evolution through that time and how that prepared you to where you are now. I mean, anyone like, like, like Aria was saying, if you, if you live under a rock, <laughs> Louisville has become a per- perennial powerhouse just in women's college basketball. You talk about even back to Angel McCautry, you know, all the way to Asia Durr, um, Dana Evans, you know, you even had a Heinz Allen. I mean, it's just one of the best programs in the country. So what, what was it about Louisville that, that really kind of um, just kind of made you gravitate to coach walls? Um, I would say first him being honest with me from the jump of him recor- recruiting me. Um, I had a bad experience, um, and that a coach wasn't honest with me, and it kind of you know hurt my feelings. But Jeff was pretty honest with me about everything, who what was going on, um, and everything. So when I went down for the visit, I fell in love with the school, the the staff, the players, just like the culture there. I felt. It was a winning program, um, and he was getting players to the next level, which is something that I dreamed about. He was taking players, he taking players to another level. I would say, yeah. um, pushing them past, you know, what they felt that they could do. So, um, me and my dad would just talk about like the roster that they had there. They had AC there before me in Asia at the guards that I would play with. And also, like you said, Heinz Allen, like we had a really, really good team. We had almost, I will say, like seven pros on the team for my freshman year that that took us to the Final Four. Um, So um, pretty much just, I would say, trusting my gut is what took me there because I knew he was not an easy coach, but he got me better. He got me um, to the next level, which is something that I always talk to him about, so. Yeah. Yeah. And and I speak for so many people who've just absolutely adored your collegiate career, which leads us into kind of where you're at now. You have had a hell of a year (laughs) Um, from up until draft night, which we can talk kind of about that. I'm sure disappointment um, that kind of went into then spending half the season with one team, then ended up back with the Chicago sky. Let's start with draft night. Um, I, for one, for the record, had you going much higher um, I, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't put a lot of stock in mock drafts. I, I think that it's kind of silly and it's kind of like rankings, you know, sometimes I, I think that some of that stuff, you know, just kind of media feeds off one another and they just kind of copy one another. But how was that night for you in, in particular? I mean, I think there were a lot of people that could have envisioned you going a lot earlier and you ended up going a little bit later. Um, how did you take that night? So I do want to say that I'll, I'm blessed that I was even picked because it's a ton of girls out here that are extremely talented and deserve to be in the WNBA. But um, so I'm blessed for the opportunity. But um, also I was a little disappointed because I felt like you said that I should have went higher and things should have went better. But God, God had a plan that he, he wanted me to go there. So that's, that's how it went. But my career at Dallas has helped me as well 
my little time there has helped me as a player too. Uh, meeting a lot of different WNBA players. I'll never forget that program because that's where I started first, and that's who who drafted me, Greg Bibb. Yeah. So, um, then getting traded to Chicago, you know, that was that was big for me too. Yeah, well, and it's like you said, like so many people envision how they think something is going to go, and it ends up being a little bit different. But you know what? We end up exactly where we are supposed to be, um, and I cannot imagine what it must have been like for you to not only end up back basically home. I mean, this is very much a homecoming for you, just right across the border of, of Indiana and Illinois. And um, to end up back with the Chicago sky, with this roster, the opportunity um, we'll, we'll get into kind of playing with, with some of these, these veterans. Um, but, you know, being kind of that undersized guard at times that, you know, some people think, Oh, you know, maybe, 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 she's fallen down the draft board a little bit because of her size. I personally think that that's a little bit crazy because I mean, look at some of the best guards in this league, Mm -hmm. but how do you feel about that in particular? I mean, one going back to Chicago um, and we'll get into the championship part. Obviously that's the huge elephant in the room, but, but just the undersized guard aspect of this, you know, you're, you're kind of carrying on a legacy of, Hey, um, size really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say it's really not about about that. It's about what you can do and how you can produce. What can you bring to a team? Um, what's your qualities? It's more than in than just your size. I mean, that can play a little factor. Obviously, I won't be guarding a post player. I won't be able to switch <laughs> on a post player. But I mean, that's fine. I'll just have to get better at getting over screen, so I don't have to switch to not force a switch. So I think it's ways to cover up for your height or whatever that case may be. So I kind of don't really even listen to to that. I use that as motivation just to continue to get better when people say that. So, yeah. I mean, you can forget those people and just look to Crystal Dangerfield winning Rookie of the Year just uh, a year ago. But so let's get into this, right? Six games into the regular season, I believe, the Dallas Wings uh, trade you to Chicago and your minutes double you're unsurprisingly basically every single one of your stats doubles if not better now I don't want to sit here and try and start stuff this isn't about the T and anything like that but you go from a super young team with a new coach to a vet team that's poised for a deep playoff run who has the 2018 coach of the year and I'm curious if you could just reflect on your experience in Dallas and what that transition was like to Chicago because Specifically in the W, we don't see a lot of midseason trades, and I think often we don't even reflect on that aspect and and what that does to a player and how a player can handle that. So I'm curious from your perspective what that was like. Um, I would say it was a good experience for me. Obviously, I I love Dallas, being in uh, Dallas, just the city itself. Um, but I would say I met a lot of great people there. Um, I was able to play with Ty Harris, somebody that I've played against my whole life. She's from Indiana as well. Uh, being able to to have a friendship in Charlie and Chelsea, we came in together as rookies. Um, a walk, I didn't spend much time with her, obviously, because her time wasn't as long. But, um, yeah, just, just being able to get friendships um, – meet new people and things like that is big but also running into Greg Bibb he's a great president he was he's who drafted me and believed in me so I wanted to thank him as well 
But yeah, I would say my time there was good. I got better. I learned things. I talked to Mariah Jefferson a lot, which is somebody that I watched play for years at sure. UConn when, uh, when they were, weren't were even losing a game. So um, yeah, pretty much that's how it went. And what I really want to know, you got a chance to really study closely to, to, to who, someone who's going to end up going down as one of the best point guards in the history of basketball and Courtney Vandersloot. Um, what was that dynamic like? What was that opportunity like being able to go toe to toe with her, go head to head with her, study the game with her um, and just kind of, you know, be a student of the game um, playing alongside Courtney Vandersloot. How was that for you? It was great for me, um, especially my first year understanding how much, different things are playing in this league compared to college. Um, We are two different players, but it is things that I can steal from her game to make me a better player. And I've been learning a lot of things from her, like how she gets over screens, um, how she leads people to to the basket, um, how she knows when to pass who and where the ball, Things like that is just really good to learn from a point guard like her. She's obviously one of the best um, point guards in this league. So just learning from her and understanding um, how she trains, how she takes care of her body, um, and how she's able to still go overseas and stuff like that. So just learning everything that I can from her and soaking everything in. That That's a really ac- actually interesting point that I never even thought of is her longevity while going overseas because we so often talk about how that can affect longevity but that's besides the point a really cool part of this whole story for me is we've been covering the sky pretty in-depthly for years now and yes the the Chicago sky needed a, a Candace Parker veteran leadership and it's gotten all the headlines and all the attention but we can't forget that arguably an equally large need that the sky had was a guard who can hold the fort down and not just hold the fort down, but, you know, succeed when Sloot needs to get some rest. And that's been kind of the Achilles for this team for many years. So I'm curious for you to be that, you know, that player, that person. Um, what does that mean to you to go into a situation that, you know, to feel it, to, to join a team that you truly are needed um, and, and they need what you bring to the table? Um, it's great. It makes me feel good, but it also makes me want to keep getting better and keep challenging, challenging her and, and have her keep challenging me to, for us to be even better on the floor. Um, but like you said, it, it's really awesome for them to, to think highly of me and to, to put me, you know, like how they are putting me, which is something that I would say I did work for, but, um, yeah, it's a great feeling. Um, I would just make sure I continue to get better and keep working on my game so I can continue to give her more rest as her career goes on. Well, and you have to be feeling so confident right now. I mean, all of you, I'm sure, but, but, you know, you're in a really unique situation being a rookie in that playoffs and you guys, I mean, I'm looking back at the amount of games that you guys had to play in those amount of days, um, you know, and, and that, you know, you throw in some of the travel and, and just everything that the playoffs bring from the single elimination games to into the finals. What was it like for you as the rookie of this team, um, kind of taking in every step of the playoffs and every moment of those playoffs? And how do you think that's going to help you moving forward just with that overall experience? It's hard. The playoffs is definitely hard. Um, it's nothing like how it is in college where you get 
so many days off and you're chartering. So uh, you don't have to go through the airport. You don't have to go through security. Um, it's different. So it's something that you have to be prepared for mentally and physically. I feel like you have to train for times like that when it gets hard and you have to play almost back-to-back games. You get a day in between, but you're traveling. I call that pretty much back-to-back. So um, just being ready for the challenge um, and understanding that this is this is what you worked for all year. So you just give it your all. That's a really interesting point. You know, you talk about the elite levels of college basketball and, and you know, being able to charter a flight and you can be in um, Syracuse and, and finish up the game by like nine and, and you're back home in your bed in Louisville by, you know, what, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Super easy for you to just get back and being able to get to class and travel. And, and that had to have been a big change for you, um, especially with those quick turnaround times. I just, that's just an interesting point. And, and, um, for you to go from that with literally like less than a year to experience both, I think is wild to me. Yes, it is. It's definitely wild. Uh, just thinking about how I was just in college and now I'm a professional and now I'm about to go overseas. So I'm about to get three different types of basketball in like in like a few months it's crazy (laughs) right but it's it's also going to make me better and and help me grow so I'm excited well we got to talk about the big moment right when you hit three threes in like it was uh, I think it was 45 seconds but it felt like it was in 10 seconds in the WNBA finals I mean I know that that has to be one of the highs of your professional career so far, besides actually winning the ring. Um, But I'm curious for you, can you kind of let us into your mind of what's another playoff moment that really stands out to you that you feel you're going to kind of like tuck away into your uh, personal uh, journal, as it were? I would just say the whole game four, uh, it just showed how resilient this team is and how much we believed in each other, how much we trusted in each other. Um, we I don't even think we were winning any of that game. But to see us come back from like a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter was, was something to see. And it just showed um, that this team is so talented and we had a lot of great pieces. But it was just, I would say the whole game for it was something that I'll never forget and I'll always watch besides the the threes, the three threes, obviously. <laughs> I, I, I keep rubbing into Arya's face that I actually got to be there. I was there for game three, which was not as exciting as game four. Y'all just kind of blew that one out of the water real quick. But man, that game four, I do want to talk about it. I mean, I, I don't know that I have been a part of an environment that was as exciting as Wintrust that day. And there were kind of moments where like the crowd, you felt like it was kind of like, okay, like, we need the crowd to get into this in order for them to kind of do what they need to do. Um, there were moments where I think people were going, Oh my God, are we going to go to a game five? And in my mind, I was like, let's like, they just need to cut it to single digits before the fourth. And you guys were able to, and then that place was absolutely rocking. I mean, we talked about the environment of the finals across the board in Phoenix and also Chicago, but you know, just that game four and the environment, what did you feel, especially in that fourth quarter? I just felt how intense the game was. I felt um, just that all of our competitive spirits just coming out, um, just us being together, just how we were all just tuned in. We were focused. Like, 
we just were, we were just, we weren't going to be denied. That's just how I looked at that game four. And I think we took that approach to going into that fourth quarter. We just weren't going to be denied. We said that we were fighting for our lives. So that game was basically single elimination for us. That's how we viewed it. And I think we went out and took it and we just went and got it. It it was impressive. And I do want to give a shout out. You talked about this, Rachel, the atmosphere. Obviously, I was stuck in D.C. My <laughs> wife is expecting, very happy and excited about that. But it meant I couldn't go to the finals, which I was sad about. But I want to give a shout out to the Sky fans for not leaving in game three when it was a 35 point game, because I feel like, OK, yeah, it's the finals. And I understand the fans want to stay. But for fans to stick around, can you just quickly just feeding off of, I know, you know, head coach James Wade often spoke about the team's relationship with the fans. Can you quickly just talk about, you know, what it felt like for you to be on that court and and what that does to you uh, hearing the rowdy atmosphere that was around you? It was an amazing feeling, just especially because of where, where I'm from, I'm like right down the street. Um, it was just, it was, it was exciting. Um, it just brought joy to everybody because we see how much our game is growing. We sold out two games back to back, which is huge for women's basketball, huge for the WNBA, and we just see it growing. And our fans are like one of, we have one of the best um, fan base, I would say, in the WNBA. So it was just, it was electrifying, honestly. So the season's over, and as everybody knows uh, who watches, covers, has ever looked at the WNBA horribly, it stinks that y'all have to go overseas to play. Like, that that's, I mean, there's positives to it, there's negatives to it, whatever. I want to know for you, are you going overseas this season? I know you kind of mentioned that you were, if you could, if you want to share a little bit of what your plans are. And, and more specifically about you and your game, you know, I always look at overseas as an opportunity for young players to grow their craft and to, you know, practice and excel in different areas of their game. So is there an area of your game that you're looking to grow while you're overseas? Yes, I am going overseas. I'm, um, I don't really know where exactly I'm going right now, but um, we're figuring that out. And it's a, I would say it's things that I want, want to work on on the defensive and offensive end. Um, just being more of a ball hawk, get more passing lanes, um, reading the defense a little better. And then I would say on the offensive end, just being more aggressive um, off, the, uh, off of ball screens, getting in the lanes, being able to make passes. Uh, through a hedge, just making the right reads. I would say that's pretty much what I'm working on. Well, I wrote all that down so we can review that next mid midway through. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but we have uh, a real quick rapid fire questions, uh, just a few ones, whatever first comes to your mind, and we'll let you go. Sorry for uh, taking so much of your time. We're very appreciative. Are you ready? No, you're fine. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> what is your go-to pregame meal? Oh. Spaghetti. Spaghetti and meatballs or just spaghetti? Spaghetti and meatballs. Okay. I had to check. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the hardest person you've defended in the W? The hardest person. Uh, Diana Taurasi. Funniest person on the Chicago sky? Funniest. Lexi Brown. <laughs> What's your number one song on your current playlist? Um, Rod Wave, Tombstone. 
Who is your WNBA GOAT? Candace Parker. Aww. If If you could share with us one career goal you have for yourself. To be an Olympian. Ooh. I love it. I love it. Dana, before we let you go, again, super appreciative of you being here. Um, for the young girl growing up in Gary, Indiana, or um, any other little small town across the country who has aspirations of one day playing in the WNBA, what advice would you give her? My advice to her is to dream big. Um, you can do whatever you put your mind to and work for. Keep God first. Stay humble. And just put in the time. It will pay off. Thank you so much, Dana. We appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your off season and hope to sleep. Hopefully we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks.